0: sometimes in life you get to juxtapose yourself in different positions. So 12 years ago, I was just as I came back from Haiti this past weekend. I had just come back from Haiti and I went out to Los Angeles and did a TV show called The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, where the introduction went like this.
1: My next guest is a best-selling novelist. He's a good friend of the show. He's actually just got back from Haiti helping out down there. He's got uh, stories and pictures on his website if you want to check that out. Please welcome Mitch Albom, everybody. Mitch Albom.
0: So, now we get to turn the tables because Craig Ferguson, the host of course of that program back then, is coming to town here this Friday at the Music Hall, and we want to make sure that that is sold out if it isn't already. And my good friend and uh, long-time, one-time associate there on television is online with us right now. Craig, how are you?
1: Hey, Mitch, how are you, pal? Uh, Smaller crowd here for you, but... uh, (laughs) Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. What a, what a lovely treat. I didn't, <laughs> didn't notice you sitting there right away. But it's lovely to see you. Uh, every time I talk to you, you've come back from Haiti doing good work, and, and I'm you know, lining my pockets on the road. I feel terrible. I feel like I should do something more altruistic.
0: Well, you, why don't you come with me sometime?
1: I consider that an invitation, which I immediately accept, and I'll come with you anytime we any time we can make it happen. I'd love to go. Oh, I go, go I, I go every month.
0: I go every month. So I've every been every book. month since, since that time that I was on your show. Well, actually, a little before that, in 2010, I've been there every month of my life. The orphanage has grown exponentially, and uh, we've got kids in college now here in the states. And it's uh, it, it's it's that's quite an operation. That's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. So, amazing. So we'll we'll I've, we'll get the, I'll get your number off the off the air, your latest number, and we'll. Make sure we make that happen. But I want to yeah, now. We'll, I want to. We'll I, be... I want to put people yeah. in the seats for your show, and that's that's okay. that's my goal. That's my goal. Yeah. So let's okay. do that together.
1: Okay, fair enough. So Dude, first we can o- try.
0: First of all, um, you I know you were hosting that the game show on uh, on ABC, uh, and you did yeah. a, a couple of that. You are to me a, a, an absolute renaissance man. When you want to try to pursue something, be it hosting your own. Program late at night, writing novels, writing nonfiction books, uh, voicing characters in movies, hosting game shows—you, you—it seems to me like you just kind of say, "All right, let me go try that now." Is that how you've kind of made your decisions as your career's going on?
1: Well, a little bit. I mean, yes, let me try that. But you know, I, it's really—it's it, a habit I picked up when I was young, um, because you know, I I dropped out of high school when I was sixteen. So you know, whatever I heard you know, like, you hear posh English actors saying, well, I didn't know if the part was right for me, and then I thought about <laughs> it. So I, didn't have, I didn't have the Here's op- If I know if the part's right for me, is there a check? Uh, if there's a check, <laughs> then, the, then the part is right for me. So I kind of just, you know, I started, you know, somebody would say, hey, you want to try this? I go, uh, sure, I'll try it. And I got asked to try a bunch of different things, and, and I just said yes, and then some of them I was successful in and, uh, quite a lot of them I wasn't as successful in at all, but hey, a swing and a miss is still a swing. Yeah. So um, I, I'm. It really is just that I don't have any. I, I didn't, and I don't have any career plan. I just want to want to do some stuff that I find interesting, and I hope that huge amounts of people at the same time. But if it does, well, you know, that's a price you pay something.
0: When you when you're coming to the music hall on, on, on Friday, September sixteenth, and you can get tickets everybody at musichall dot org, so what what's your approach? I'm so interested to talking to people who do comedy or comedy type shows now because it, it seems like such a precarious time to do comedy. You know, if you, you take one wrong step, you get canceled. Uh, we're at, we're at a time of, of, of our lives, especially in this country between COVID and war and inflation and politics. You don't know, you don't know if anybody's ready to laugh or or cry. What's your approach to the show that you're going to do?
1: Well, I mean, what I think is, I mean, you're right in your description of the way the world is that's the time when you should do comedy more than ever. I think that, you know, comedy and joy is a, is an essential coping mechanism. And I, what I, I mean, I'm very much, and I have for years, uh, tried to steer a path. It was like a stylistic choice about remaining out of any political discussion in, in my stand-up. So, you know, I remember talking to uh, Jim Gaffigan about it. Jim uh, is, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Jim stand-up. He's, he's great, and he makes yeah. a stylistic choice to be to be family friendly. Now, Jim can, uh, can be as salty as anyone backstage with his language, but he <laughs> never is out there. Now, I'm not quite as gifted as Jim. I, I can't stay away from the salty language. But I did make a stylistic choice to go, no, my job is to entertain people and make them laugh. I, I don't necessarily have to sway them into my line of thinking. So that is the stylistic choice I made long before the world blew up. So I'm yeah. quite happy to stay with it.
0: That serves you well right now. You're also, uh, people should know this, you're you're quite a good musician and a good drummer. Mm -hmm. One time we came on your show with the Rock Bottom Remainders Band, and and I think we threw out our existing drummer and and, and, uh, still had to pay him, though, and you played along on this song. Here it is. keeping the beat and that's my wife janine singing wow that's great yeah i'm, I'm related great. to that in several ways
1: <laughs> well, you know it's funny i remember when i played with the rock bottom remainders uh, i think um i was right about that same time uh somebody said to me oh we're just going to do wild thing it's easy come up and do wild thing We'll play the uh usd or ucla and Wild Thing is a really difficult song for a drummer. It's like it stops and it starts and it stops and it starts. I said, no, I, I can't really do it. I think it was Dave Barry. He said, ah, it's fine. It's easy. It's 4-4 four, four up. and Come on up. And I really messed it up. So thanks for forgetting about that one and remembering the slightly <laughs> Well, we, would have, we would have played that one if we had the tape, but we just didn't have the tape of it. So
0: how convenient. <laughs> Craig, you were talking before about doing different things. I was always curious, when you did your monologue, on TV. Uh, it, was, it was different in that you were right up there at the camera. It was unlike any monologue that had been on before. Was that something you wanted to try or was the, the network? I could just picture a network executive saying, no, don't do that. But, but you went ahead and did it anyway. It was very effective. I loved it.
1: Well, thanks. I mean, it, really what it is, is for me being a late night host is the, was really a job like the way people become realtors. You know, I mean, it was like, I I never really started out looking in that direction, but you know, it's decent pay and you get your face on a bus stop. I mean, but it's really, I really, I didn't know how to do it. Uh, And so a lot of the mistakes that I made that people liked uh, were were genuine mistakes because I really really didn't know what the format required of me. And I am quite short sighted. So right at the very beginning when they put the, uh, the prompter up on the camera. I couldn't read it. So I had to walk right up to it. <laughs> wow. There we go. <laughs> and, then, and then I stopped reading it anyway, but by that time I, kind of, I liked walking up. Yeah.
0: I, I, I remember so many times watching your show and you'd like be, you would just see your nose or you'd be turned sideways or the camera would be up like 20 feet high. And then you'd go, hello. <laughs> like that. Like, and, uh, you made a whole, uh, a whole kind of uh, sausage out of out of where the camera was placed. And you talk to it like it was a friend. It was a lover. It was uh, it was someone hiding in the bushes. It was really was a very unique approach to the whole thing, which which leads me to the question in today's late night world, which seems to be very political now. I mean, if you look at if you look at uh, CBS shows, if you look at uh, even Jimmy Kimmel, uh, and 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 even to some degree, Jimmy Fallon, they seem to take on a lot of political topics. Uh, they're they're quite anti-Trump, and and uh, uh, but they, they're, I mean, they're talking about politics all the time. And Stephen Colbert is is I mean, many the many is a night that there's not a lot of laughs on that show. It's so serious. Would you be comfortable in that kind of environment?
1: I, I, no, I think I'd be the wrong guy in, in that in that world. I think that. You know, like I say, you know, and, and like you pointed out, my late-night show was a late-night show in the sense that it went on late at night. But in the pantheon of late-night shows, it wasn't really a late-night show. It was a, I don't know, it was kind of like a cartoon or something. And, and um, I, I don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't think that I would fit into that world right now. I don't, I mean, I really don't know. Because the truth is, and the honest truth about me and late-night is, I never really watched late night before I was in it, and I didn't watch it when I was in it, and and I don't really watch it now. So I'm probably <laughs> the least qualified person to talk about. Other late than that, night though, <laughs> other
0: than that, you're highly qualified to be in, in the. Field. What was there ever? I I remember one time watching Johnny Carson years and years ago. Kenny, I don't know if you remember this guest. I don't know who it was, but it was kind of a. It was a young woman actress. And she was being very snippy and bored, and, and, she, and, and he asked her a question, and she didn't really answer. He asked another question, and she said, well, I don't, you know, I don't feel, really feel like talking about that. And you saw on his face, it just if there was a bubble over his head, it would have said, I don't need this crap. <laughs> and he looked into the camera. He said, you know what? That's fine. We won't talk about it. We'll be right back. And when they came back, she was gone.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> was, there, was there ever anybody like that with you, Craig, where you just said, this I, I don't need this. Let's just go to commercial break and be done.
1: Well, no, I, of course not. Everyone in show business is lovely, and they're all <laughs> and they're all great. Um, there were there were nights where where I thought um, you know I'm not too sure about this. but to be honest, it kind of it was mostly at the beginning uh, when I was trying to be a late night host. You know, or what I thought the idea of a late night host was. But the time I was doing it, you know, about eighteen months, I was like, if you don't want to talk, fine, I'll talk to the skeleton or the puppet or the, right. the horse or whoever else is around. I got a, I got a whole gang of people I can talk. To. <laughs> so you either keep up or we'll move on. And so it, it was a different thing. I mean, also I think with uh, with Johnny Carson, who is you know who who's the gold standard for for this kind of thing, obviously is is that he did it for. I don't know, what, thirty years, thirty five years, yeah, yeah, something like
0: that? I mean
1: I I wanted to go after eight and uh and I stayed for ten and there's no way I could have gone beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I really was ready to go. I think for me my personality it doesn't it doesn't do well. You know, when I was young I was a punk rocker and used to say you'll never get me wearing a suit and sitting behind a desk but why well, would you know they did it uh, for about 10 years? And I was like, no, that's it. I'm, I'm well, it done. pays it's better than rock punk and
0: rock. And rock. Yeah. That's yeah, the everything pays better than punk rock. What was the least amount of money you ever got for doing a gig?
1: Well, nothing is the least amount of money. <laughs> well, nothing doesn't count. But
0: uh, did, you, did you ever get paid like 10 bucks to, to, to do um, the thing, which is worse than getting nothing, really?
1: I, mean, I think. I think I once got paid about eight pounds, which in American money is in fact about 10, no wait, it would be about, yeah, it'd be about $10, I think. Uh, and You know, it was, that's when, I tell you the weirdest thing, that was at the Edinburgh Festival in the 1980s, where I was doing a show. Now I had the kind of the cool hit show of the 1986 Edinburgh Festival. My show started at one o'clock in the e one o'clock in the morning and ran for an hour but it was the hit show to go to, but I was sleeping in the photo booth of the train station at the time because there was no other place for me to go. So I was myself in the morning saying I was the hit of the festival while I was trying uh, you know, in a line of homeless guys waiting to get in to use the shower at the train station. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that by the way, in Scotland, mm. the 1am sh- slot is considered the yeah. prime time. And mm-hmm. that's the, there must be a very late crowd there mm. in Scotland. Well, or, or, it,
1: that's, that's for the young, hip crowd at the Edinburgh Festival. Now, okay. I don't know what, you know, during the, the normal year, you know, no, of course not. You know, you go to bed when, you know, um, when it, it gets dark, which is in, in Scotland, Which is 1 o'clock, o'clock in the morning. The <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been there. I am surprised over there that you didn't do shows for drinks. Because over in America, when we first started, it we was always, you you can drink for free. <laughs> and that was how they paid yeah. you. Yeah, do- you clearly don't know how much I used to drink. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> it was cheap. It was cheaper to me- give them eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> if you were paying me a drink back then, you were going to go bankrupt. The
0: the night. <laughs> well, we we'll look forward to having you in town here, Craig. It's great to hear your voice you. again. Uh, when you, when the when the, when we say bye, hang on the line, and, and Blake will take the information give you my information so we can. We can maybe hook up while you're here and, uh, and certainly try to put something together for Haiti. But it's wonderful to hear your voice. I'd love to make
1: that happen. I really would. I'd love to come down there.
0: Well, we'd mm-hmm. love to have you. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing the Music Hall. Everybody, go out and get tickets. MusicHall.org this Friday night, September 16th. Craig Ferguson coming to town. Stay well, my friend. Good talking to you.
1: Nice to talk to you. Take it easy, everybody. Back- Back
0: with more on. Uh, oh yes, for tickets. Wh- oh, oh, I see. The show is presented by Hollywood Casino at Greektown on the Music Hall's historic stage. For tickets, please visit musichall.org on the web. Did I do that right, Kenny? Perfect. I love it. All right. You. It's seven sixty WJR.